sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Well, good afternoon, folks. And yes, it's Friday the 27th. And happy Thanksgiving weekend to all our American patriots out there. Also, it's time for that craziness. I wonder how Black Friday will work out this year with wearing masks and social distancing, where the frenzy of people queuing up, stuck together in a shopping mall, fighting over the best deals they can get their hands on. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. But yes, as this week is the Thanksgiving weekend, I want to sort of open up the show about communication and talking about truth and talking about how we express ourselves, especially with the world as it is. So I'm going to open up today with Jordan Peterson, who's going to do a clip on communication and trust. Then um, we'll have... Brian Barry coming on later on. He's talking about communication and how we can improve our communication and business. And also at the end, and we'll just find out what's going on around the world. So one way of conceptualizing yourself is that you're one speck of dust among seven billion. And when you conceptualize yourself that way, you might think, well, what difference does it make what I say or do? And that's actually quite convenient for you because if it doesn't matter, what you say or do, then you don't have any responsibility and you can do whatever you want. The price you pay for that is a bit of nihilism, but if you don't have to shoulder any responsibility, that's a small price to pay. That's the underground motivation for nihilism. But the other way of looking at it, and this is actually the accurate way of looking at it, is that you're in a network. You're a node in a network, and so you can do a little bit of arithmetic very rapidly and just figure out how powerful you are. You know a thousand people. You're going to know more than that over the course of your life, but let's say a thousand for the sake of argument for now. They know a thousand people. That means that you're one person away from a million people and two persons away from a billion people. And you're the center of that network. And now the way networks work is that information propagates in a network manner. So don't underestimate the power of your speech. Now, you know, Western culture is fell logocentric. Let's say it. Okay, so we'll say, yeah, that's just fine. That's exactly what it is. It's predicated on the idea of the logos, that the logos is the sacred element of Western culture. And what does that mean? It means that your capacity for speech is divine. It's the thing that generates order from chaos and then sometimes turns pathological order into chaos when it has to. Don't underestimate the power of truth. There's nothing more powerful. Now, in order to speak what you might regard as the truth, you have to let go of the outcome. You have to think, all right, I'm going to say what I think, stupid as I am, biased as I am, ignorant as I am. I'm going to state what I think as clearly as I can, and I'm going to live with the consequences no matter what they are. Now, the reason you think that, that's an element of faith. The idea is that nothing brings a better world into being than the stated truth. Now, you might have to pay a price for that, but that's fine. You're going to pay a price for every bloody thing you do and everything you don't do. You don't get to choose to not pay a price. You get to choose which poison you're going to take. That's it. 
So if you're going to stand up for something, stand up for your truth. It'll, it'll shape you because people will respond and object and tell you why you're a fool and a biased moron and why you're ignorant. And then if you listen to them, you'll be just much less like that the next time you say something. And if you do that for five years, you'll be so damn tough and articulate and able to communicate and withstand pressure that you won't even recognize yourself. And then you'll be a force to contend with. And you don't get to wait, and it's almost impossible to provide people with enough protection so that they feel safe to speak. Okay, so we'll address that directly. It is not safe to speak, and it never will be. But the, uh, the thing you've got to keep in mind is that it's even less safe not to speak. Right? It's a balance of risks. It's like you want to you pay the price for being who you are and stating your mode of being in the world, or do you want to pay the price for being a bloody serf, a one that's enslaved him or herself? Well, that's a major price, man. That thing unfolds over decades, and you'll just be a miserable worm at the end of about 20 years of that, right? No self-respect, no power, no ability to voice your opinions, nothing left but resentment because everyone's against you, because of course you've never st stood up for yourself. It's like, say what you think carefully, pay attention to your words. It's a price you want to pay if you are willing to believe that truth is the cornerstone of society. And in, in the most real sense, if you're, if, you, if you're willing to take that leap, then tell the truth and see what happens. And nothing better could possibly happen to you. There'll be ups and downs, and there'll be pushback, and there'll be controversy and all of that, but it doesn't matter. The truth is what redeems the world from hell, and that's the truth. And we saw plenty of hell over the last hundred years, you know, and we haven't learned a bloody thing from it. It's like, wake up. Tell the truth, tell the truth, or at least don't lie, if that's a start. And, and you've you got to understand, that's a risk. It's just that people can't talk, they're afraid to talk, or they don't know what to say. And, and those are real problems, so if you're reasonably articulate, like start talking and sharpen yourself up. Be afraid, but be afraid of the right thing. And the right thing you should be afraid of is not saying what you say, because that's the same as not being. And here you are, suffering in a away. You might as well be at the same time. At least then there's something to you. Yes, folks. And my next guest is Brian Barry. Brian Barry. Barry is a good Cork name, but Brian is from South Africa and he's a communication specialist. And as today we are focused on communication as part of the show, I invited Brian to come on to talk to us. Um what he his thoughts are about communication, how we can improve our communication and um, how we can use it in business and how important it is. So how are you, Brian? I'm well, and thank you very much, Joe, for having me. Delighted, delighted. We have spoken a few times in the past, and I know that um, you are helping people and helping companies with communication. So tell us, what's important about in communication? The biggest thing that I find in communication is uh, a lot of people lack the confidence to, to speak up when it's their turn. Um, and they don't communicate. It's, they find it as one-way communication, not a conversation. It's not two-way. Often people are just being spoken at, um, and they forget who they need to befriend as such. Communication is, is, is all about having your channels clear. It's about making sure that everyone you communicate with, if you're in sales, for instance, it's not just your customers 
outside that is buying from you and that you're selling to, but also the people that you work with. Those are your internal customers. It is definitely, it should be both ways. It should be uh, open. You should listen as much as what you speak. In fact, listen more and speak less. Um, you said it there that the com- with communication. Elaborate on that, please. I have found too many salespeople, for instance. Now, I, I, I deal often with, with people in sales. And quite frankly, we're all in sales. You know, asking your boss for a raise or a day off, you, you're kind of selling the idea of something to them. Uh, I find that a lot of salespeople are a little bit overconfident and they, they kind of speak to the customer, but they answer the question as well. In, in the case of when they're asking you, how are you today? They wouldn't stop to listen, to hear what it is that you're going to say. They'll ask you, hey, Joe, how are you? Are you well? That's great. They're kind of telling you you're well before you've even answered. And that's where they then just speak customers down. They, they hear one thing and they say, no, 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 no. What you want is, and then they prescribe something. You stated there that when someone is talking, it, it's basically they're, they're not listening. And we do know that when it comes to communication, that one of the concerns or one of the biggest things that people have is it's not listening. A lot of people will get into a conversation and in that conversation, they will then already be thinking of the answer before the person has finished. And it's a case of them wanting to just to get their message across. Are you saying then in communication, when it comes to good communication, it's about more listening than speaking? Absolutely, sir. Um, and, and I find exactly that in conversation. Um, when someone pauses for effect sometimes or just to gather their thoughts, the other person will just jump back in and carry on talking. And it's exactly as you say. They're there to, just to hear their agenda. It's, it's like my wife once coined it. She says, yeah, they're an eye specialist. As in, it's all about me. I can tell you this, and I can tell you that, and I did this, and I had that, and I came across the following. And they don't listen to someone else's story. Or they try and be empathetic when when there's, uh, when the, the matter arises, and they'll say, oh, yes, I had the same thing. And then they're making it all about themselves as if rather to listen to the other person who actually has the issue. I like that, eye specialist. I do like it. I was thinking, it. oh, yeah, good. What about the person that is fearful? What about the person that doesn't have the confidence in speaking? Like, let's step out of sales. I don't want to, I don't want to f- focus around the sales. I want to yeah. try and just focus around on the communication itself within, with, right through the organization. So what, what is it if someone is concerned are, are fearful of speaking, how do they handle their job? How do they handle their, their day-to-day processing? I would say they should go at it on a one-to-one basis rather than in front of a large audience. When the opportunity arises, you should try and make a plan and go and speak to someone on a one-to-one basis. Run through. Make sure you have all your facts. Confidence is something that you build up. Uh, some people look like they're born with it. Others never have it. But I don't think anybody's born with it. It's more a case of it's exposure uh, and it's the environment in which you grow up. If you're a child growing up with two parents that don't speak much, you're very likely to be similar. If you grow up in a family with 
where the parents are very loud, talk a lot, uh, got many friends. Uh, there's always someone to, to blabber on about, lots of friends to play with. I, I would imagine, and this is all from um, experience, as I've seen it. I grew up an only child, and um, I have a brother, but he came when I was 18. So <laughs> we didn't grow up. So I grew up an only child. Uh, so I'll often catch myself speaking to myself. Whereas if I look at my some of my friends who had two and three and four brothers and sisters, they would initially always be more confident than I am. I've had to learn to be confident. I've had to do um, certain, learn the tricks of the trade as such, to become confident, um, go to seminars, learn from people uh, that's been in the business longer than me, uh, and take a chance sometimes. And you'll be surprised when you take a chance how engaging people can be positively, you know? Yes, there'll always be the one or two that'll slag you down. And it's very much an Irish thing, I've noticed. Uh, you know, you slag your best mates. But if you positively encourage someone when it's something that they can do, then they'll grow in it. It's interesting that you said that it's, you had to learn to be confident. Grew up in a very large household. Everyone else would have picked on you, you know, or slagged you off in, in, in the household. What about the person who needs to advance in their career and speak to their peers in a large group. We all find it, even myself, when I'm when I go to speak in front of an audience, I do have that fear factor that creeps in. But once I get going, I'm grand. What would you do to advise someone that needs to stand up in front of a crowd? Well, funny you should ask me that because that's my speciality. Um, my slogan is I teach people to gain the confidence to speak up and stand out. And it's one thing I've realized in my career and in my life, uh, even from school, if you don't speak up, you won't stand out. You'll just be one of the crowd and you won't advance. And as you ask the question, how would you then advance? And if you're not confident enough, again, back to learning, read about the subject. Uh, there's many ways of being confident. Some would say you've got to fake it till you make it, you know? Uh, just stand up and appear confident and people might just believe you, uh, even though inside the heart is going at 300 miles an hour. I'm very much the same as you. I do this for a living. But once you get going, and it is, you need to have that bit of anxiety, that bit of um, fear factor still in you. The butterflies must be there because that's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you on your toes. What you can do then is learn methods of containing the, the anxiety and using the energy positively. Breathing, for instance, you know, just breathe in deep, hold it for a few seconds and exhale slowly. That automatically calms you down. When you need to speak, whether it's in front of an audience, uh, whether you want to ask a question, make sure that, that that which you want to speak about or want to ask, that you are 100% on it, that you understand your content that you've researched and that you've prepared that which you want to speak about. Don't walk into uh, a job interview not knowing what's going on. You research everything. Uh, when you're in a company and you want to move forward, for instance, uh, or even in a social situation, if you want to say, look, lads, I don't want to go to the same place every week. I want to go somewhere else. But you know everyone's going to say, ah, no. You know, research Prepare, make sure that you have your points and think of questions that could come your way because that's what 
someone will do. They'll ask you questions. And at first, you may be shot down. Make sure that you can think of all the questions that could come your way and think of the answers for those questions so that you can stand your ground and stand your point. And in doing so, the first time might be shaky. The second time, you'll feel better. And the more often you do it, the better. And you'll become more confident. But it's practice, practice, practice. For instance, a lot of people will do a presentation at work. They'll do the most beautiful PowerPoint presentation, or they may have props, etc. But they don't physically speak it. They don't practice the actual words. You've got to practice in front of someone, even if you practice in front of your dogs, or look at yourself in the mirror. You've got to do that. You've got to speak it out. You've got to hear it loud so that you can understand. And by hearing it, you become more familiar with it. And by doing that over and over and over, you become more confident in your um, product, your service, your content. And then when it's time to speak, you'll be more confident. I do believe that practice makes perfect. Um, And if you are working on a presentation, yes, it's we we know that you say it out loud three times um, Mm -hmm. and that helps you understanding in it yourself internally and externally it's no good reading something you know just in your mind and then going out doing a talk it needs to, to give that performance it has to be rehearsed like mm-hmm. like any good performance but what about if someone is going out and the company are saying i want you to speak about this and this is what it's about but deep down, they don't feel that what they're talking about is the truth or it is somewhat skewed in a way. Should the person ethically be saying that just to inv- advance their career? Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. And, and, and when it comes to something that you feel dear about, but you have to speak about the opposite thereof, um, I think that boils down to the actual person. There are a few people that I've come across that can can argue the point either way. They say that makes a good debater. Um, and I did debate in school, and that was the last time. <laughs> uh, I suppose you could really practice, again, your point. But, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's very few people that the audience would not pick up that they actually don't believe what this person is saying or the person themselves is not believing what they're saying. Um, if you feel strongly enough about it and and it bothers you enough, then you would go up and say, look, I can't speak about this because I feel the other way. Uh, And if it does hinder your your movement in terms of your career, well, maybe you're just in the wrong place at the right time uh, or the right place at the wrong time. And there's many other organizations out there that will think the way you do uh, and where your ethics will fit in. What advice... What tips would you offer someone who's either giving a talk on Zoom or interacting with a selection of work colleagues now that we're all um, institutionalized and we're working from home? Thank you for that question. It's uh, it's something that I've, I also speak on quite often ever since the whole Zoom era started. I'd say, again, make sure that the content that you're speaking about uh, is well rehearsed and that you can... Draw questions from it, possible questions that could come your way. Read through what it is that you're going to speak about and pose questions to yourself and write those down and have answers ready so that when those questions come up, 
you have an answer and you're not stuck, dumbfounded and have to think on the spot. And research your audience even before you get to that. And if it's internal, it's obviously a little bit easier because it might be people that you work with on a, on a regular basis and you could easily send them an email uh, and ask a question beforehand. Um, if it's external, try and get as much information possible about your target audience, whether it's one person, 10 people, or an entire audience of more than 50. Um, research the audience. Understand who it is that you're speaking to. Make sure your content is well rehearsed. Make sure you have posed questions to yourself. And if ever a question comes up that you can't answer, maybe prepare something that sounds, for the sake of using that term, politically correct, <laughs> Uh, that you can just say, look, I can't answer that at this point, or word it in such a way that you don't come across as you don't know. What would you class as a good icebreaker if you're coming up to do a talk on Zoom to make things slightly different? What's the teaser or the icebreaker that you would that you would recommend? I would definitely recommend something topical. It's all happening, and whether you love them or hate them, you know, politics, there's always something happening, especially these days in America and, and in the UK. Uh, an icebreaker I once used, not sure if it'll be too effective on Zoom, although you can try it. Uh, you can uh, maybe send out an email beforehand or a notification beforehand that everybody go and get a cube of ice from their fridge. And uh, as the meeting starts, they hold up the cube and the one who breaks it first, that's your icebreaker right there. That's a good one. Yeah, we have a nice breaker for you. That, that's it. That would get them going on it. And keep have some pants on as well. We know that that's some it, people it. have yeah have have um, been on Zoom with no pants on. I could say uh, what we could do there is um, those who don't have any pants on, and if it's you know suitable to show, stand up and show us you know what do the pajamas look like. Yeah, shows your legs. Shows your legs. Yeah. <laughs> Where can they reach out to you? Well, I have a website. It's brianbarry.ie. It's Brian with an I and Barry with an A, uh, like the T, dot IE. Uh, you can have a look at what I've done there, and there's a there's a contact form. Or you could just email me straight away, brian at brianbarry.ie. Uh, or you could contact me via my mobile number, which is 087-456-9199. Brilliant. As easy as that. You mentioned tea, as in Barry's tea. Do you know Barry's tea is the only Irish tea produced in the country? All the rest is uh, imports, not even wow. alliance. Yeah, so uh, this week we're focusing on buying local, buy Irish. So if you're making a cup of tea, make sure it's Barry's. Make sure it's there Barry's. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Great Brian, stuff. thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Joe. Go well. Well, that's it, folks. We're coming to an end. Just before we go, let's see what's going on in the world. Our local enterprise office, Leo, and all the Leos around the country are promoting hashtag look for local. And that's especially coming up to Christmas. It's about supporting our local shops, our local businesses. Remember, these are people like you and me who need to put food on the table, pay their bills. So shop local. It's very important. I'm just laughing there. Um, I thought I was back in the 50s or on a Father Ted episode when I believed that a college in Carlo was asking the lady students not to wear leggings because it might excite the male teachers. 
I sort of had to bang my head off the wall when I heard that. I I first had to check to see if it was April Fool's. But yes, maybe that is the world we're living in at the moment. One big April Fool. A couple of sites that you should check out I found myself very uh, interesting. And one is Health Information Ireland. The other one is The Irish Inquiry and Village Magazine. All alternative information, um, blogs, videos, different from what our mainstream media are saying. Um, very educational and worth, worth a view. Anyway, time is counting in. Yes, we're going to be speak. The next time I speak to you, we're going to be in the happy month, happy month of December. I hope that you have all your Christmas decorations done. I hope Tony and the cool gang don't try and make any lock-ins or lockdowns to ruin our festive season like they've ruined most of the year. And I wish you all a festive season. Have fun. I think it's time that we all had a good laugh, a bit of joy and meet our friends and our families and give them hugs, give them big hugs and tell them you love you love them. Because at the end of the day, remember, you will not defeat love. Have a blessing week. And I will talk to you again next week. Until then, be safe, be happy and enjoy life. Take care.